0: A tall handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red
1: right hand. Hello and welcome to 4000. I am Nicky Watt, joined by Mark, and we are joined by the six-time champ, Mr. Ross Murray, head coach Martin Grubb from the Solway Sharks on the back of their Double winning success at the weekend. Not only did they pick up the cup, they also secured their league title, as we expected. Boys, first of all, welcome to the show. Second,
2: congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks very much, boys. Thank you very much.
1: You've been a bit show busy today on the on the telly up there.
2: Oh, just got to do what we've got to do, haven't we?
1: I love it. So yeah. What uh what happened? Talk me through it. Five-one up, five-five all kind of went it was going off Twitter, I was following it on Twitter and then it was like oh they're pumping them they're pumping them like they're running away with it and then I, was, I stopped checking in and then I checked back it was five each what happened?
2: It sounds about like my team they stopped uh, <laughs> they, they checked out Oh, anyway, <laughs> you, you got to give to be fair you got to give him credit 5-1 we, we scored I think we scored three or four power play goals oh, and we okay. were we were cruising we were actually we were cruising but um, well, a couple of a couple of dodgy decisions by us. They get themselves back into it. Last period we we struggled just to get going. We, we had chances. We struggled a wee bit. They kept coming. I think we that whole Friday night thing was maybe a wee bit different for us. But you got to get to be fair. You got to give them credit that they just came and, and kept knocking on the door, and we struggled to get ourselves going again. But. If I'm honest, we spoke about it after the game, and Goss will tell you that, that we never ever felt anybody apart from us was going to win it after that, and albeit it went on the way to shoot out, we, we knew we had the character, and we knew we had the boys in our room, and we knew we had enough of that winning mentality. And uh, obviously, the rest is history, at least that we've managed to get over the line. But um, a barn, the two games, two barn burners, two, two full crowds, the way hockey at these levels should be, Passionate fans, passionate players, as physicality, um, decent goaltending, some decent goals. So, I actually was a good advert, good advert for hockey in the north, to be honest. And they had
1: it on the radio and all sorts of stuff. Ross, what did you uh, what did you say to the troops after the game Saturday? Bad uh, Friday. Yeah, uh, eh, just basically, it was just the experienced guys knew kind of
3: what to do, you know. But it was just kind of reminding the young guys, like, look, it's one game. If it was in the league we'd, we'd be going in there 100% with confident. so why should it change just because it's a second league or final? And we were we were sure we were going to go in there we were confident and like you say I went to a penalty shootout but we've got we had that experience you know to, to get over the line
1: and we all knew that. So who took the penalty shots for you boys? Who came up big? Uh,
2: um, well the to, f- to be fair like soon as soon as we got to shootout I, I just like most coaches, who wants one? Yeah, and I, I'm going to give boy the massive credit. Look me straight in the eye and said, "I'll score 1st Didn't even say, "I'll take 1st I'll score first. So you have to go with that. Yeah. Um, Gappa is our import. Took setting the to miss. Johnny McBean undressed the goalie. To be fair, he undressed him and got a the goalie got a stick on it or a stick on his leg, and you know he couldn't finish that. And then big Richard Bentham. The big wily veteran just say that I'm, I won't miss. So then he went at two mile an hour, <laughs> and, put, put up, and he's got behind that shot through the five hole. But what you like, boys, is and you, if you get a chance to see this, so he takes his helmet and gloves off and thinks he's won the cup. Oh no, he doesn't. they've still yeah. got a shot to go. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> and and, and he, he starts celebrating, and the, the bench is wetting herself, just like wondering what are you doing. So oh, that, man, could
1: have, that could have went real bad if you boys didn't fucking
2: win that. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Thankfully, Big Cal saved everyone, and obviously the rest is, is done now. But uh, it could have been a complete disaster. So oh, wow. the uh, there'll be a fair bit of fair bit of ribbon for, for the big man for <laughs> Ever. probably. I'm sure Russell and the boys will have him for aye, probably forever. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not very bright. He's, he scored the <laughs> he scored the winning goal. We know he's not very bright, the big guy. So. We'll
1: a him, what's it been like the atmosphere in the camp this season? Because obviously, as it is with Stratton Down South, you boys are expected to win these trophies. You're expected to win the league. If you lose, it's like why have you lost? And there's there's questions to be asked if you lose a game, even like there's a lot of expectation to to go on. So what's sort feeling been like for you boys throughout the season?
2: What for
1: that one? on Ross, you can jump no, in. it's,
3: that it's pretty good, you know. it's It's weird, weird. we've got a winning way in Solway, so it's just kind of everybody buys in and nobody kind of pulls the other direction. It's quite a close team and, yeah, like, we've got our goals and everybody knows what we need to do to achieve that kind of thing. So if that's killing penalties or scoring goals, everybody kind of knows their job and we'll buy into it. And I think that's why we're so successful because everybody just wants to win. It doesn't matter how we do it as long as we do win.
2: What about from a coach's perspective there, Grubby? Yeah, I mean, you know, like we it, it goes back now to that I suppose that modern way of you're recruiting the right people first and you know you've got a good dressing room and and I still think you have to keep a an old school, a part of an old school mentality because if you think back to when you played and even before that when I played, teams were teams, right? They were yeah. it was fun. You you worked hard, you played harder, you drunk probably harder than that. And yeah, if there yeah. was no camaraderie and no team concept, I still believe that you you know like, you can't be successful if you're not you all together. And over the last ten years, probably we've continued to build that and bring in the right pieces and use the uh, use I guess use the system properly where you can bring in a couple of young guys who are on two ways, but they've then got to buy in and understand that these old older veterans, your Benthams, your Obviously Ross Murray here, Strew and Toners, like they have to buy into to what these guys want. And they do. And then you've got a couple of real beauties, guys like Callum Boyd. I mean, he is a butte, an absolute butte, and, and I guess a glue guy. Yeah. So we have built that. We've got a bit of everything. And and they do, they find a way most weeks when, when we ask them to dig deep, they dig deep, like the character showed on on Saturday night. And then on the bus home, they they deserve to celebrate the way they did. So um, they're a good bunch. They're a good bunch. Some nights, I guess, like any coach, you want to kill them, but um, and then, but but I say thirty seconds to go on Saturday night. Everybody thought they were dead and buried, but anybody in our bench, and including myself, knew that there was no way we were done yet. And Still that's time. When, that's when they prove you know yourself. That does I say it all the time to them. If it takes the 59 fifty nine, fifty nine to get what you need, and going back to like you said about the, the whole us and Streatham thing I think that's helped because I know the boys down there rightly so they want another pop at us and we want to play game because it's the two best teams and that probably this year's also proved a bit of a motivation for us that we know that they've been going great guns and we've been going great guns and now everybody's going to get the chance to hopefully have two fully fit teams with the best players on the ice and we'll we'll get it on again
1: yeah it will be better obviously sorry Mark was you going to say something?
0: Yeah, no. Carry on.
1: Carry on. I was just going to say, it'd be better, obviously, if my brother's on the ice. If Vanny's on the ice, all your boys are on the ice. I think we kind of got robbed a little bit of a, of a real showcase last year because it was all the what ifs ands and buts. Hopefully, this year, Vanny doesn't kick anyone, and Ryan's not fucking sussied and uh, they'll be on the ice, and we'll we'll get a fantastic game. Because you boys, to be fair, I thought you dominated that game.
2: I mean, I I I, I think we we maybe surprised some people. Uh, I think some people in the in the lead-up to it gave us no chance. I mean, to be fair to them, family had a great team going there last year and everybody thought it was a kind of foregone conclusion. So it gave us a wee bit of motivation. Then you add between Ryan and, and Vanny. That's a massive piece of their puzzle that, that's not on the ice. So we obviously came and done what we were going to do. But you're right. We want, and as they do, we want Vanny to be playing. We want Ryan to be playing and the best team will win. And, Absolutely. Obviously, we hope it's us, and they hope it's them. But the the punters—that's exactly what it should be. The punters want the best players, and they should get the best players. It's a showcase event
1: for the north and the south in front of the national fans as well. It's yeah. If you if you get it right, it could be a real a real window for yeah. Of course yeah so it's, it's a real opportunity for for both clubs and it's funny you touched on like the camaraderie side and having pints and having fun so the seemed seem to from talk to my brother those boys they hang out and even though they no one really lives in London but they make a they make an exception and they go out and they hang out as a team obviously it's very it's very easy to have good camaraderie when you're winning it. like when you boys are winning it goes hand in hand you've got that good that good foundation. You have a young man by the name of Jonathan Bean playing for you this year. Um, he's he's looking good. He looked good for GB20s. He obviously then pulled off the Michigan. Ross, let me ask you, roll it back. If someone scores that Michigan goal against you, what are you doing? Oh, Two-handed number. I'm off the bench, <laughs> mate. Yeah, I'm sorry. Great, <laughs> great, <laughs> great <laughs> skills, but I'm a dinosaur. The next shift, I'm taking his wrist right off. <laughs> I thought you might, I thought you, thought you might say that. <laughs> it almost was wicked almost. goal,
3: I Almost did it to Johnny after he did
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what no. about you, Grabby? You got you got a Michigan in the locker?
2: Oh, I've I've not got the only Michigan I've got is the time I was in Detroit. Like, there's no <laughs> chance. No, I can And it's funny he says that. I said the same thing. I kind of stood there thinking, anybody done that to us? I'd I'd probably want to empty the whole bench. Like that's that's not. And the kid's sick, right? You've yeah. seen it, as you say, you've seen it yourself. And his his hands are unbelievable, and it's. It's been coming. It's probably been coming in early because he sometimes some games. No disrespect to anybody, but some games he does what he wants. Yeah. But you're looking. I guess the looking back on it, the good bit is it's a game winner. If you've got, if you're going to get a Michigan and it's a game winner, then uh, fair if enough. it's
1: if it's eight-one and it's eight for goal, then yeah, if the bench is empty, <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't have
2: been surprised. If you've got the balls to go and do that, a zero-zero game, then fair play to Johnny. Again, another butte that's—he's not the brightest, but the boy can play <laughs> hockey, so
1: oh, gotta right. give
2: him that. So you boys actually
1: found out that you you win the league title on the same night that you win the cup. Obviously, the results went went the right way. Is that right? Yeah, yeah.
3: Whitley got beat by Blackburn, I think, in Whitley,
1: and that was enough for you boys to get over the line.
3: Aye, pretty much, aye. <laughs> Spud actually came in and said after the second, eh, basically, we, that's just won the league now, so let's, let's not blow this, this cup game, so let's make sure we do the double and it kind of just motivated everybody on to, to get their finger out, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. So we had one though well, because saw- you know yourself, you want to win it on the ice, right? We needed a point. Yeah. And we were coming home on the three and three on the Sunday and you're kind of thinking, right, let's let's get the cup first and then let's go home and get the point and really make a, a proper night of it but yeah, like I toyed with myself saying, that I tell them at the end of the second? And obviously we're in a tight game I was like, right, listen, let's get our finger out. It's Do you want to be the league winners by kind of default tonight and lose the cup? And then, yeah, get them their duty. They dug deep, they've done their job and two trophies one day. Mark, what were you going to say, bud?
0: I'm right in saying you're unbeaten this season, 21 games in total. When was the last time you lost at home?
2: I don't know, actually. We're, up, we're, unbeaten of... it, we're unbeaten at home. We've lost an overtime game in Billingham and a regulation game in Whitley this year. But at home, I don't know if we lost last year at home either. It have been before COVID. Well, so it might be... It's and rough race since the restart, we're probably of meeting at home. That's impressive.
1: What What's the major like connection with Dun- Dundee and GB and the fact that the women go up there, the kids go up there for like England Scotland games? It just seems to be like I don't know. It seems to be a really good place for hockey, whether it be the national setup or you put you guys are doing there. I saw you under sixteens uh, uh, could potentially win the league at the weekend. Like, why has Dumfries become this little hockey hotbed all of a sudden in the last few years?
2: Ross can go at sixteen team is his team. He's got to
3: take <laughs> oh, the credit. I don't, boy. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's just because being successful and uh, the work. I'm I'm trying to get on the power play here, but the work spot's been doing, you know, so he's uh, like just created something but everybody wants to be a part of and yeah, uh, like I, I don't really know, but it's just like a magnet for everybody to come and watch now and be a part of everybody wants to be a shark pretty much in Dumfries, so
2: uh, Aye, that's, that's it really. Is, uh, he, sorry, go on, I, I think, to be fair, right, he's playing it down a wee bit here because the likes of himself and, and Struan as our captain and these veteran guys, they're on the ice now, right? So when the kids, and we've all been there, when you start playing hockey, if you could see the local senior team, whether it be an import, whether it be a Brit, you want to be that guy. You want to be Ross Murray. You want to be Struan Tonner. You want to be Peter Gappa as an import does it. Richard Bentham again does it. If, if, when these guys come on the ice and they build that whole community and the young kids for the five, six, seven years old are stepping on ice with these, these guys, that's, that started something for us and it's allowed us as a group to be better. It's allowed the rink then, like to, to be better. I guess we're in a good position where there's, it's a council building, the council support it. It's a family business for me because the wife's the, the manager of the rink. So, okay. She, um, obviously, her and her, her team make sure that the rink push all sports. It's not just an ice hockey thing. Thankfully, we get that support um, in terms of the junior program, the learn-to-play program, the recreational. Or actually, a woman this year can win the Women's League. It's it's just been, been a good thing. And in bringing the, the, the World Championships to Ice Hockey UK, male and female has grown the game. So, our job, all our jobs, but the players, these, these players have bought in and, and tried to build and grow something. So it's a good space to be in right now. Long may it continue. And, you know, for this game that we all love, if if that can continue to grow and and, and bring kids in, like that's, for me, that's what it's all about.
0: In terms of support then, how many fans do you average in a game?
2: Is it um, a well-followed
0: sport up in, up in Dumfries?
2: If, you know, if you'd asked me this maybe two years ago, I would have said it was very average. Um but the last last season and then certainly this season, it's been grown and grown. Um, somewhere between maybe five and six hundred, which for this building is, is a good number. Yeah. Um the seats are, are full most weeks. It's, there's a lot of standing room taken up. They've got we've got a a little group that formed called the Sharky Army, who come with their drums now and make some noise and that's um, because I mean, probably, or oh, maybe when Ross first broke into the senior team, it, well, it could be about a library. It could be really quiet, that yeah, was that was a yeah. that was our, our complaint. But he'll be able to tell you on the ice now. It's it's got a nice free atmosphere going.
3: Uh, definitely, definitely, like I said, it's it's grown. You can actually hear the fans. Like when I, when I first started, it was uh, it was quieter. They say, uh, no, not that many people here, and that, but like. It, it's it's noisy now and that's what you want to play in front of right and you want to play in front of empty seats.
1: No, of course not. What uh, what other sports are you competing with up the road? Have you got like footy or anything in town or are you guys kind of one of the biggest clubs there? Uh... Uh, football's right next door to us actually. Okay. What division are they, yeah, yeah. those boys playing
3: in? Oh what are they now but for first division? In,
2: they're, aye, they're in League One now. They got relegated last year for the Championship. Okay, so yeah, does sure. does that help that they're playing at a lower standard?
1: Maybe like a couple of fans might go. Do you know what? This Saturday I'm going to come and watch Solo.
2: Possibly, you know. I think it's and you know I think football nowadays, no matter what level, it's expensive. It's extortionate. Though. I mean, we have managed to keep our prices at a relatively decent decent rate. I mean, it's a turn up we're getting here as an adult. That's very it's good. Cheap, it's nice. the cheapest bar in town. I mean, we we have our own bar here, and it's the cheapest bar. And you know, there's promotions there and there's cocktails come on
1: make, make me six bud
2: yes. how, how much is how much is a pint I actually don't know how much a pint is but I know there's like two, one pound and two pound cocktails going every week you know that's uh, jugs for for 450 and that's um, I know I know that up to the, 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 the
1: old game boys, 100%
2: Get yourself up, we'll, we'll Get look after, after you. <laughs> Get on the buck fast and you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> a bottle of so, I mean, as I know, the, I know the old, even a lot of the old fans that came um, way back in when it was Dumfries Vikings and stuff, they're, the, the boys that still come, it's the first thing they say, cheapest bar cheapest bar in town. And uh, obviously being able to sit in the stands and drink a beer is always a decent thing when watching hockey. So no, that it, part it, certainly helps us
1: anyone that I know has been up there whether it be for even like a kids tournament or a camp or whatever it's been, everyone's been really impressed with the facility with like how well you guys are looked after there how important is it like we, we do get like counts we don't lose all the council run rinks because there's a few down south that were council and now no longer are and you just watch them dilapidate and fall apart
2: yeah I think we're lucky I think we are definitely lucky that obviously it when I first came here way back in the day it was a bowling alley on one side and it was an ice rink on the other and now it's a dedicated curling pad on one side so oh, as we all know the, 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 especially in Scotland it was 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night because curling was on and there it was okay. half six in the morning because you could get no night ice time but now ourselves and our skaters like figure skating club who actually just went to the world championships and a totally different thing but They've benefited massively. Ice hockey's benefited massively. The curlers are benefiting massively because we're a nice facility now, focused purely on ice sports. So the council, when they deserve credit for looking after the building, the sports subsidise themselves, but the the building itself, we all know what it's like. Nobody likes going into an absolute shithole. We yes. want to go in somewhere where the dress rooms are nice, the ice pad is good, the ice surface is good. And sometimes we, we laugh about it. Ross and I will... Post, but the standards should be in the league and we know that they're, they're not always there but we sometimes look after even the away teams too well but it's just what we try and do so that we can at least say that we're doing the right things and it keeps the keeps people coming back and keeps the reputation high. Absolutely. The, the talk of the, the season
1: post-Christmas has been will the national go 12 teams and... If they if they will, will Solway be considered. Now I spoke to Ross a little bit off air, asked you the same question now that we were back on air. If if that was to be the case, would would you boys want your name to be top of that list and be taken that twelfth spot? For a playoff yeah. point of view,
2: Ross? Yeah,
0: like like definitely, like I said before, uh, we
3: went live, like it's just the progression. Like, you know, we've been kind of dominating up here for years, I think it's 10 years, five league titles, along with multiple North Cups and playoff trophies and national titles. So, like, on a performance, we deserve it, but it's whether they kind of want to have that talk. But I think uh, all the players here would love to step up and try and compete against some of the best players in the country.
1: What about from your perspective, Grubby?
2: If you want the truth, I don't think we'll be asked. We're too far away. People don't want to travel. It's the controversial side that everybody's talking about. It's I don't think there's an appetite. I think we're we're spoken about, and rightly so. And as a club, we've internally we've had little discussions on the most important thing like any any hockey club. It's got to be long-term, financially viable. Um and I think it could be. Yeah, I really think it could be. I think we've got a core group here that would make a decent roster. Naturally, you would lose some guys along the way due to other commitments or age and what have you. But I think we've definitely got the the bones of a good team that can go in there and compete. Because the last thing I'd want to do personally is go in there and kind of become a disaster and be that bottom of the team, uh, bottom of the league team. But I honestly don't believe I don't believe they will ask us purely because it's a nice, cozy little league there right now. It's a good league, and I'd love to be part of it. But um, and I hope I'm wrong, but I, I'm not sure we get asked purely for that financial show and dust and distance yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I definitely do. I think we could. I think we could add something to that league. But I think when you look at Basingstoke, the Bees, Bristol, Swindon to Dumfries, unless and I've heard you boys say it before, and I totally agree. The conference side working the fixtures with are in Dumfries on a Saturday and somewhere else halfway down yeah. the country on a Sunday or. Is it where you do what Belfast do and you play two games a Saturday yep. night and a Sunday? Night. There's definitely workable ways to do it, and we're the same. We will do double headers if we need to. We do it in this league, but there's plenty of smart men that
1: run this show that you stick them all in a room. I'm sure. They would be able to attract sponsors if they really worked hard enough. Hotel sponsors. There, there's all sorts of clever guys there that could pull some strings. I'm absolutely positive of it. Even if you then had to go six and six, where you go north and south, I don't know who gets put in north. and uh, Obviously, whether it be Telford, Peterborough, I don't know logistically who who it would be. Obviously, you would have Hull, um, Leeds and Sheffield yourselves. So there would have to be, obviously, two more northern teams, who, who it would be. And then maybe you do only two cross-conference games and three in your own or four in your own, however you need to do the maths to make it work. But I think there's an appetite. Uh, that's go, Lisa Calvert. That's the problem. You need a woman organising it. Hey, she might be right. <laughs> she she might be right. She might not, she might not be wrong there. Um, but it would be good to see you guys get in and get your chance because we've been here before. The league was a little bit different then, but after the demise of the the EPL, there was a little taste, wasn't there? Like a couple of seasons, and you, like, I think you boys beat everybody you played against, right over the
2: over the course. Yeah, I think we're the only team that managed to beat everybody and, and kind of split some of these these series with teams. So I think I, you're right, though. It's if you think of travel, you know, it's simple travel, right? Let's get a hotel chain that says. Any, every team's going to use your hotel chain. Every fan's going to use this code yep. and book online. And, and there's money to be saved and made that way. There's travel companies that's taking teams up and down the country. There's hockey brains everywhere that could get in a room and, and make these things work. Is the appetite there for everybody? Who knows? We'll, I guess we'll find out. I hope it is. Um, and I think it could actually genuinely think it might lead to something bigger. Every year we hear and we all hear it in this hockey world of you know, what the Fife do? What did Dundee do? Yeah. I think it goes it, there's a potential to conference it in a, a bit more of an old school, maybe you not know, the eight imports to the B and L, but I think that's it's got the bones of B and L there somewhere down the line. It's, for it's, young players, something I've like, thought about, Grubby. That's something I've thought about for sure. Uh, I mean, there's how many young like we all watch young young players play hockey now and the skill they've got and the you know. Some of, the, some of these young players are, are unbelievable now, but they need a chance to play at a level where they can showcase their talent. So if we can get something going where they come through junior hockey and say, I want to play in that National League, I can play in that National League because there's teams nationally for Scotland to England to Wales, whatever, that's, that's our sports job. But surely we can get enough people in the room that can make it happen. So let me ask you a question from uh, a development side of things, because it
1: is, I e, supposed to be a development league. We're supposed to be developing players through national two to national one, and then from national one to to national uh, national league. Clubs not the same, though. No. Like if you start and you're dominating a league, that surely you're then good enough to. Develop and go on to their next league. We should be looking
2: at it that way as well. Hundred percent promotion relegation should be in there. Uh, I think you look at the the countries like the Germans. They've got it going. They've all got it going at every level as a sport, not just ice hockey. It's if you if you can earn your your way up, you earn your way up, and there might be the odd odd season that teams have to say, "Listen, financially, we've surprised and surpassed ourselves." So you can't do it, but. Surely we're a big enough country that, and we're, we're enough people that could make these kind of things happen. The Elite League's the Elite League, and it's an entertainment league for me now. And there's some hellier good hockey players in there as well. But yeah. I guess that's a financial based league. But if there's a development pyramid that's going for for bottom all the way up to the top, then you've got to give chance players and clubs a chance to, to develop up that pathway. So. That would be my viewpoint, and I don't know what Russ thinks of a kind of player's point of view within the clubs, but that would be my view.
3: Nah, like, same as Spud. It's, there's no real development in the North, I feel like. I feel like there's, if you're a player who doesn't want to give up their job to move down south once they kind of, or has a young family, you've just kind of got to play the level that's near about you. So, how are you going to get the best out of UK players in the North if there's nothing to really play? You know what I'm saying, so yeah, you're only de- you're only developing half your country in my eyes. So it's, it's you're only getting half half of players who could potentially make your GB squad. You're potentially make your senior GB squad down the line. So yep. you know, you're already the the sports already. There's no struggling, but it's it's got to eventually keep struggling if you're only developing half your country.
1: It's interesting, take because if you look at it, obviously you got Hull, Leeds, and Sheffield in the national as it stands. They're the real northern teams in that league. But again, talking off air, if you live in like Whitley Bay, or Bellingham or something like that, you'd have to then travel to those places. How far's that? A good couple of hours of travel if you do have a young kid or you're self-employed, you've got a business or you've got a boss who's like, you can fuck off. You're not, you're not taking this night off to go travel down to training. You can't start late. You know, like all the little things that, that do matter. Whereas I think if we can get a couple of teams in that league, like you say, make it a little bit more national. So whether it is the Flyers and the Stars eventually, I mean, I, I'm sure their fans won't be very happy with me saying that, but L- Losing
2: is not that much fun. No, it's, yeah. it's not
1: that much fun. Pl- playing in front of empty buildings or eight hundred fans in the elite league probably not that much fun either. So there might be a stage where they look at. It. I-, I don't imagine the elite, elite league would want to lose them. They would probably d- do very well to
2: keep a hold of them, don't you think? I mean, I don't think they're going to want to lose anybody. Yeah. And, and I guess, like you say, once once you get in that elite league, the fans probably don't want to drop down to, from what looks like it's going to be 15 imports now to what potentially is going to be three imports. But if you're, I mean, I grew up in Fife. I watched, I've watched, watched Fife Flyers for 18 months old and you know, I could still rattle off these imports and these British guys and I still maintain people would go back to see another John and Bobby Haig, to see another Davy Smith, to see another Ian Robertson. Why is Callie Robertson having to leave and He's in following Bristol. his dad's <laughs> footsteps? I mean, it's, there's there's history there. Dundee's the same. I remember the players. I mean, we've got one that lives now down here in Gordon White and Gorge was a Dundee boy and then went and was, was moved here. What Players would, as Ross said with it, they're kind of half a country. Every I think just about every team in that National League right now has a Scots player in it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: They may not have to move and if it's the right move for them, they're still going to move, right? They're going to go to whatever team in whatever league. But of course, yeah. Even going back to guys like County, who's doing a great job in the Elite League now, but he had to move down south to get his shot. So, you mean only to move down south if you're a Scottish kid to, or a kid for Whitley or a kid for... But I mean, that the, the kid Finn Braden Yeah. is obviously doing really well in Billingham. We've played against him obviously in the weekend. He's, he's doing really well when he gets his chance with Leeds, but maybe something closer to home would be good for him, but... Long-term, I guess we'll, we'll see. As you say, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think the Elite League are going to want to lose any team. I don't think some of the fans are going to like us for maybe saying they should step out of there. But full buildings and the past has shown that there is enough good players to make this a national, fully proper National League.
1: That's definitely something that the, the, the league should be talking about, um, whether it's right now, whether there's a plan to do it a little bit in the future. There does need to be some progression and some pathways in the uh, like for, for clubs like yourself, really. I mean, Streatham as well, they could, other than the location, I think I said it in the video last time me and Mark spoke about it, didn't we talk about it when we said, other than the location, they've got everything. They've got the building, they've got the fans, they've got the nice change rooms like you boys, you know, like good ice, a good team, a winning mentality. But then you've got like a real problem with housing players in London. It's just, a, it's a logistical nightmare. So other than you two clubs, there's, it doesn't really make any sense to even be considering anybody else.
0: Anyone else,
1: yeah. I don't think they've earned it. I don't think anyone else has even earned to be in the conversation, really. Agreed. I'm, I am not make you boys say that on air, but it's <laughs> pretty much it's <laughs> what it is. Let's Uh. obviously, we don't get to see... Like, it's just the same as what you're saying there. Like, We don't really get to see anything and what goes on in the North, obviously, I'm part of some Facebook groups of you know, NIHL North and stuff. So I see some highlights and I see some clips and bits and pieces. But who, who are the kind of guys that are not on your roster that maybe people that haven't heard of that are legit players that we might see in the National, we might see in the Elite League in the future? Anyone that stands out to you, Ross? Like some of the better players on other teams? <laughs> I'm trying to think that. I totally know. <laughs> Just pick yeah. your head down and crack on. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. I'm not
2: sure. spud probably be better answer that than me. has <laughs> got a scouting report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's obviously as say, Finn Braden's already, yeah. in. Um, and I think they've got Tommy Spraggen on on their books leads as well. Um, good young defenseman in Billingham. and then fair Billingham, We've got quite a few young guys coming through. I think you know our obviously our roster is, is pretty stacked in terms of ability. That there's quite a lot of guys here young Nando that could do a job in there Um, Whitley are a funny one they've you know they've had guys probably there's some of their better guys are still at the end of their career now I think a guy like Harry Harley could have done a job if he had decided to leave.
1: played with him in Peterborough he was a good uh, kid. nice kid as well
2: I think Harry probably could have but again he's I think he's uh, settled there and Lobby's been good to him and he's enjoyed it there so fair play um, man, throughout the league, everybody's got a everybody's got a guy or two that that might be able to take the step. A lot of the biggest thing for them is I just don't think there's enough competitive games for them yep. against each other. There's still that that physicality. To be Dominic Osman is is doing a really good job trying to rebuild and and put his mentality into Blackburn. Yeah, just surprised. Whitley again in their place on, on Saturday night so they're changing their mentality and He's coming on
1: the pod next week actually funny you say that
2: And Dom's, Dom's done a really good job I spoke to him in the summer and he asked some questions about what we do because he was coming down to this level and, and I like what he's done there and he's trying to go young and hungry and probably getting away a little bit with for, for that stuff we've seen last year where there was the dust up in Nottingham and guys suspended left, right and centre they're trying to change the way they play so you gotta give them credit. Decide it's difficult because they never had a rink for so long. Our uh ex teammate and Joy Coulter's doing a job and Widness now as a coach, and I think he'll bring some guys through. So it just I think it's the depth in this league. Everybody's right. got a guy or two, but for us anyway, we know. I mean, we can roll we roll four lines most nights because we can. And if we can get a bit more depth than some of these other, other teams, then you will find there is some talent in the north that they just need to try and break out of the the kind of shadows of this level and try and take the jump up if they can.
1: What do you make talking of the... Of sorry, young, Mark,
0: well? Talking of a young talent, do you still have Kel? Kel yes. Kel
2: Beatty there,
0: yeah. Well, he's 19 points in 21 games as a D-man. That's pretty solid.
2: Kid can skate. And he skates like the wind. He's, he's obviously uh, training every day in Belfast. And well, I know that that Giants team right now is... It's something pretty good. They're on a good oh, yeah. run. The players they've got. Kiefer obviously does a great job and his coaching ability out there. So Kel's in a good spot. He obviously played these games in the in the national with with Hull, um, along with a lot of ice time loss. I think that's probably what helps him. He trains every day, but he gets his ice time in special teams and every kind of situation here. And he's a confident kid so he fits in well here. And yeah, I think he's got a future. He'll definitely got a future.
1: From the games I've seen him, he's
2: been legit. Yeah, good kid. Been... Really good kid.
1: What's the um what's the plan for the rest of the season? Obviously, you've got a little gap now essentially until you have to go down to Coventry. I think it's like a month away the finals. What's the kind of plan to keep the boys in shape and get them ready to to go and try and
2: defend the title? I think we've got two more weekends of regular season. Um and they already spoke even on even last night when we we played hungover and guilty if you like we'd still just said we've got standards you know let's just try and it's fun to win nobody wants to go into the postseason on the back of losing games because you've because you've wrapped a league up and I know our veteran guys will, will make sure that doesn't happen um, going to playoff quarters we're going to our North Finals the week before obviously going in to try and win that trophy and then Hopefully it's uh, well. It will be. I'd like to think it's going to be a battle. of Two teams that have won both the league and their playoffs, and you know, one or takes all in that national again. So we're we uh, will still train hard. You know, the boys, I say the boys have set that standard, and they'll have they'll have their fun, but they'll have their, their work time. And I think uh, uh, again, Ross will tell you from a player point of view, but they're still hungry. They, they like they like like everybody. Right? They like winning games. They like that feeling of it. They like the, the vibe it brings to the group. So we'll just try and keep our standards as high as we can. Because I think if you go into that, both the the final four in the North and especially going into the National, if you're going in a, in a bad run of form, then it's difficult just to turn it on for one day. So And if you do that, you're definitely getting punished for a team like Streatham. So we need to, oh, yeah. we need to keep focused as much as we can, just like I'm sure they boys are trying to do the same thing. It can be difficult sometimes when you've wrapped it up early, but. Winning's winning's the fun part, as we all know. So, I'm sure, the boys will keep doing that.
1: Well, I think Streatham only lost like their second or third game of the season, and funny that that comes the week after you you win the title and you've got it sown up. Maybe the foot comes off the gas a little bit, or <laughs> but you boys have um you boys have had a fantastic like three, four, five seasons. If you don't get to go into the national league, and if that doesn't like uh, end up happening. How do you continue to build this in the, in the league you're in and continue to grow as a
2: club? I think that's the most difficult part. It's probably one of the hardest questions you'll get because if I'm honest, Russell will tell you from a player point of view, but I think some people walk away. I think some of the older guys say, do you know what, I've done everything. There's, there's no more. I'll use him as an example. He's, he's at that stage where it's the sixth time. What else has he got to do? Yeah. especially if you, if you go especially if you go and win the national and that's an, almost a grand slam scenario that two teams are going for but if you win that as an older player you start looking going you know what I've got I've got a family now Do I want to sit on a bus for 3, 4, 5 hours and, and beat a team by 10 goals as a club you know we've, we've started Ross's coach in the 16s and 19s and as you said earlier he's, he's a win or a point away for winning that 16s league 19s have done a good job we've got a little prospects programme where a group of five kids it. have trained with us for what are they 14, 15 year old? they've trained with us all year so that we're a year or two ahead of any potential exits so that's all in place but yeah I do think that if you stay where you are and you're as strong as you are now but without again being disrespectful you're, you're in danger of being born and you lose fans and players
1: yeah, it's probably the same for some of the other teams in that league. They'd probably fancy a chance of winning it. And while you boys are there, and with the roster you've got, and the kind of how professional the organisation is, then if you were to stay there, I can't see anyone dethroning you anytime soon. Yeah, not, like not to blow smoke, but it's just talking spitting true. facts.
3: Yeah, yeah, that, like that's the problem. You just you end up stuck in the mud a wee bit, don't you? Because like, no, no, being disrespectful, but as a player, it's when you're going into some teams and you're beating them by 10 or even eight goals sometimes. Like, for myself, I ask myself, what am I kind of doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, like, spe- especially kind of player I am, you know, I'm not the most offensively talented player going, but, you know, you don't want to get yourself up for a battle. Like, it gets to the second period or whatever, and you're already 6 0 up. You kind mm. of you look down the bench and you hope Spud's got to put on the young guys. Sometimes the young guys have got a game of their own, way, under 19s or whatever it is, so they're not even there. So you you have to play, and it's just sometimes it drains the life out of you. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that because I think I'm better than some of these teams, but like it's always like it's always the best team, and I think some some teams and fans they actually give us a bit of stick for setting the stand up, and you know you get some comments online, players more eh, fans moaning about us, and you you think well. That's what our job is. Our job is to set the standards. It's not our fault that, you know, we're we're stuck where we are. You know, we, yeah. we we want to have the conversation about moving up. But if it's never going to happen, we're we're not going to change the way we play just because we're stuck. We're going to keep we've got to keep being professional, we've got to keep developing players, we've got to keep like churning out these results and trying to just prove to everybody that like, yeah, you might not move us up, but we've just got to keep dominating and we'll dominate until everybody gets sick of it and you have no choice than to change change the league or change change where we are so <laughs> yeah
1: the, mate, the, mate,
3: best,
2: the best the best part mate. about that there is that he's just admitted and you guys are my witnesses that he is not offensively talented <laughs> <laughs> and for years I have told him you are not offensively talented so he's admitting it now that's him exclude <laughs> love it the um <laughs> I
1: can't stop laughing now <laughs> <laughs> the, the National League would be would be Daft not to take a look at it uh, Anthony Russell, friend of the show He said um, on the The National League's good but there's no reason That it couldn't be better He did also say the time to add you To the league would have been At the start of this season Which is something that I hadn't previously thought about um, Obviously with Hull coming in and Bristol coming in it would have actually totally <laughs> it's logical it would have totally made sense for you guys to go in was there ever any conversation before that season
2: starting no the only time I, I spoke to Steve Dell a, a good few years ago when I think was first kind of starting um, and to be fair to Steve great conversation and always very supportive but it was it was not the right time for us at that stage as well financially but he was at least on had us on the radar Um but there's not been anything since that I'm aware of, anyway. Uh, I don't know. If I'm honest, if it had came up in the summer, there would it have been the right time? I don't know. Um, but I think we've, like we say, we've continued to build and try, and we've grew our fan base this year, and things have went in the right way. So you know, it's right. like we'll, we'll we'll kind of see where that where that takes it, and we'll have that. We we'll certainly would would welcome that conversation, but.
1: There's definitely potential to continue to grow the fan base as well if you're playing at a higher level. If fans know that they're coming to watch Kieran Brown, if they're coming to watch Matt Cowlett skating around, you'll get you'll get a lot more elite league fans. I would have thought probably come through and check games out. I
2: think as for Scottish hockey as a whole, it would be a good thing. The level I of competition, so. too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that the level of competition, the level of player. The away fans as well. You know, I mean, if they're going to get whether it be a weekend yeah. in Dumfries or somewhere different to to go on a Saturday and then watch on a Sunday, but our, our team obviously would. I would like to think we'd put something good together. But hey, if you're watching guys like Kieran and Shuds and Mac and, you know, and that's just for one team alone, Absolutely. Then, and we we may then be able to start getting some of these established Scottish players might and decide to. To head home as well and go, do you know what, we'll give you a wee bit of extra experience at that level, as well as the young talent we've got. The Elite League fans, as you say, I mean, Glasgow's obviously not very far away. you have still got Fife and Dundee that would have links, the Belfast fans potentially, if, we've, if we kept that link going. So there's definitely a way we we could grow our fan base, plus add away fans. And I'd like to think we'd add something to that league. Do you It'll get strengthened much- strengthen
0: the league, Wouldn't it? It'll strengthen the league for sure. And that's the thing. You go into that league and it actually you don't feel nervous about it. I think most of the fans would say, Do you know what? What a great move. You've proven mm, that yeah. year in, year out, that you shouldn't be in the league you're in. You deserve to be in that in that national. And it also gives the chance for the Scottish pool of plays to develop because you'll get into play at a higher standard as opposed to being stuck in the NIHL one national, uh, North, sorry.
2: And I think, like you say, it's another thing you look at is there's quite a lot of midweek games being in that national league this year, and some it's simply because there's 11 teams. Yeah, if everybody's playing every weekend, there's a player you sign up to play normally, and we train a couple of times a week, but you sign up to play on the weekend, be with the boys, and some weeks you're playing one, some weeks were Leeds at that stage. I think they had what seven and ten days on the yeah, five on the road, and if you could get back to. Allowing the players to continue to develop and, and train and play, but fans will come to the games on the weekend. So if everybody's playing every weekend, it gives you a chance also to grow. And if your own team, as it is. If it's Glasgow or not at home, well, why don't you drive in the road and, and get a game? The fans in the air are still kicking around for right. the, the when it's Super League time and the Eagles. And some have went to Glasgow, some just go everywhere to watch hockey. So we can pick all of these people up as well and, and be a welcome addition to our league, then I think it'd be good for the sport in the north.
1: You said something interesting there that I don't want to kind of gloss over. I want to bring it back to it. You said you had like four or five kids that are out skating with use, Obviously, in England, we have the thing that they call uh, the Chelmsford rule, where like the 16-year-olds aren't allowed to play. Um A video that we're going to be putting out on our YouTube very soon is something that we're looking at uh, as... Kind of so, an open letter to the EIHA almost should should there be special dispensation for a, like at least three kids whether it be 15 15 year olds to play in the National League if they're good enough
2: yes I Absolutely. love it, I love it. Right. well I'm the Conor McDavid. Played no it's it's so Special dispensation. Get a, get a dispensation, right? Coach, my thing as a coach, and Russell will say for a safer player and starting his coaching journey, but as a coach, I don't know a coach or a good coach in the country that would put a 15-year-old at risk no, no, and would put him up against an old-school meathead or a 200-pound nhl and what have you. They're not going to put a young player at risk. They're going to have them training and they're going to have them develop then, and they're going to have give them ice time where they can to make the best out of that young player. And if he's good enough, he's old enough. If it's a dangerous situation, then they're not going to put... I mean, I know personally, I would not put a kid on the ice if I thought, this is too physical, it's too big, there's too many strong guys. But on the flip side, there's also bits where you go, you know what, at 15 years old, you could learn so much just by being around these players, training with them, being on the bench, watching the game. If if you're playing for Solway Sharks and you're playing against Kieran Brown and, and you know, Ko Shudra, Matt, Matt Haywood is a, is a yeah, veteran guy ensemble. in that league. Like, what can they learn for watching these other teams as well? I'm not going to put a guy as I say out there if if he's going to get shit kicked at him. But you are going to have a guy saying, did you see that when we are clipping video? Right, this guy done this. You're now going to put that into practice and be around Learn. I always say it's, it's almost learning to be a pro. If you could put some young guys in a situation where they could learn to be pros as quick as they can, I think you get better hockey players and better people.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely a yes from you boys as well. It's it's a video we're going to cover in like way more depth because it's, it's something I really think they should be looking at. I don't know why other, other people aren't asking the question, but if they're not going to ask it, I'll ask it. I don't give a shit. I think it's, I think we, we need, we need that development. We need that pathway and whether it be, it doesn't sound that much, but it's nine months as a 15 year old extra that you could be on the ice with the boys, like you say, the veterans, you know, road trips. Down to cup finals like last night. If you had a fifteen-year-old kid, what an experience that would have been. He then goes back and tries to win the league with Ross's team at the weekend. Like it's just, do you know what I mean? That it's just a good pathway. I did it with Basingstoke B and L. Back, remember the crossover cup, Grubby? Yep. Played in that. I think I was fourteen.
2: Well, I mean, I made my debut for the Flyers at fifteen.
1: Yeah, there you go. Four,
2: ga- four games, two against Murrayfield, two against Whitley. You can go back to boys what? like big Neil Abel and people, what? Les Milley. I was on the this bus guy, with yeah. him at 15, and oh, their stories, know the stories you can imagine. the stories that could
1: be a podcast just on its
2: own, yeah. <laughs> and then you look at these guys. Look at you go back to what our best player ever was. Tony was playing at 13,
1: yeah,
2: and it's never done anybody harm if it's managed properly it would only do good. It's just about managing it properly and getting it right for the for the young player. But um yeah, I am a am in the yes camp 100 percent it.
1: Well, when I played and then you was allowed to play up into the B and that none of us ever got killed that were playing up, like myself, Joe Green, and none of us got hurt. None, we we were developed like I don't know, I was the same height as I am now. I was probably two stone lighter, maybe, but I was still 80 odd kilos.
2: And you think of <laughs> it. People will call it, people will say, oh yeah, you know, it's just stories, but it's not even stories. It's life experience. Of course. It, it stands you at, ah, you, you, know you might have been on a bus and, and had a couple of beers a wee bit earlier than you might have, but you learn so much, not only in a hockey sense, but you do genuinely learn from all these veteran players, older players, overseas players. I know Russ was, when I first came back, he was 15 and around our group and Strom was 15 around our group they were playing when they were 16 It was no real difference for when he was 15 to 16 yes. like he'll be able to tell you that himself it wouldn't have changed what he'd done on a bus or what he'd done on the ice he was just learning a wee bit more as he went
1: Yeah. We'll take Mark have you got any other questions for the boys before we, we've we been going an hour here before we let them uh, let them go have you got anything else for the fellas
0: no I just want to see him in the national next season It deserve it <laughs> fuck the league
1: Let's keep banging the drum, man. Keep banging the drum. Well, like I said, there's plenty of smart guys there. I think one of the major points is what you said there. The no more like having a Sunday off or having a Saturday off for these guys in the National. You you play every week and then you're not playing on a Wednesday night as much. You're not playing on a Friday night as much. Don't get me wrong. That's the Steel Dogs. I think they do their games on a Friday sometimes. There's going to be occasions where you have to do it to, to make it work. There's no point in, i.e., the steel dogs trying to compete with the Steelers or Sheffield United. It makes sense to put your games oh, on those days. You. And I, I don't know. It's something I would love to see in the future. I hope, hopefully, it's this year. But boys, thank you very much for coming thank on. You. Best of luck you for you the on. for the playoffs and for the uh, for the national tournament uh, down in Coventry. Well, I guess we'll be speaking to you after after the cup, <laughs> and we'll see how it goes, boys. But
2: thanks very much, fellas it's been a pleasure, boys. On, cheers. The Thank you. Cheers. Cheers,
0: boys. Cheers. On a gathering storm comes a tall handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand.